Welcome to Plastic Model Mojo, a podcast dedicated to scale modeling, as well as the news and events around the hobby, where we hope to be informative and entertaining and help you keep your modeling mojo alive. Welcome back, listeners. This is your host, Mike Basket, coming to you from the state of Kentucky here in the U.S. Thank you for joining us for episode four of Plastic Model Mojo. In this episode's special segment, Dave and I uh, hope to touch on some of the more humorous ways that we've gained some scale modeling wisdom over the years. But uh, before we get to that, I wanted to say I think the front-end work for this podcast is mostly complete at this point. We're now pushing it out to most of the major directories, such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Likewise, the Facebook page is starting to get some traffic now, and we look forward to bringing you more. So thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. I'd also like to thank the guys over at Scale Model Podcast and On the Bench for their warm welcomes, and I look forward to interacting more with them going forward. Finally, a quick shout-out to Scale Model Shed, the uh, podcast coming out of the U.K., Their podcast is certainly worth your listening time, and I found their most recent mini-episode running down the model show they attended in Bristol to be really enjoyable. So, a bang-up job from the other side of the Atlantic. So, check them out if you have not, and now let's get on with episode four of Plastic Model Mojo. How you doing on this uh, finally cold uh, weekend, Dave? Cold. It, uh, <laughs> win- winter has finally arrived. I guess, uh, we kind of got used to 55 and 60 degree days in January. And while Kentucky normally isn't really cold, it's, uh, that's a little bit unusual, but, uh, a little warm, a little, little warmer than should be. Yeah. But or of course, normal. Co- cold weather, it's perfect time to stay inside, sip on some modeling fluid and model. Speaking of modeling right. fluid, uh, I have a fine, fine Kentucky bourbon from up near your area, uh, Woodford Reserve. Um, yeah, just uh, down the road. I know. Uh, people don't, as as uh, Mike said previously, uh, bourbon doesn't have to be made in Kentucky to be bourbon, but 90% of the world's bourbon is made somewhere between Louisville and Lexington. So we're between where I live and where Mike lives. And Woodford's made up very close to uh, where Mike lives. Uh, It's a uh, medium to medium top shelf bourbon, very comparable to like Maker's Mark. Uh, It's about 90 proof, so it's about 45% alcohol. It's not as sweet as Maker's, but it is... Still, it's still got some sweet notes, and and it's a fine bourbon for sipping over ice or straight, if that's your preference. So, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm a little more pedestrian tonight. Uh, I'm just uh, chugging on a Guinness. Oh, that's all right. That's a good. That's my wife's favorite beer. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking that. I got somebody gave me a uh, box of bottles for for Christmas. Oh. So I've been Speak- knocking those out. Speaking of beer, I have to give you a, a, a thanks. Uh, previ- in a previous episode, you mentioned Gumball Head, the beer brewed up in Indiana. And uh, on your recommendation, I went by 
uh, liquor barn or total wine, forget which place and pick some up. And I got to say, that's one fine beer. That's, that's a nice, that's a nice modeling fluid. I, I can <laughs> heartily support your recommendation. I will try not to steer you wrong. <laughs> well, you can't go wrong well, with Guinness. No, not too exotic anymore. Yeah. I have to wonder what it tastes like in Ireland though. I, everybody says it's different, but I don't know. I've never been to Ireland. Yeah. Can't answer that. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe you can get close next year or this coming year. Yeah, maybe. Well, now that we're on the, uh, on the net now for a while, we've finally getting some, uh, listener mail. So, so, uh, what kind of listener mail are we getting? Well, I got, uh, and when I say listener mail, it can either be email or messages or comments through our Facebook page or, or whatever. We got a, an inquiry from a Chris, Chris McLean out of, uh, Crow, Crow, Texas. I had to look that up. That's halfway between Amarillo and Dallas, I think. So it's right in the middle of good modeling country because it doesn't look like there's much else out that way. But anyway, he was interested in the links we'd put up, particularly the, the Chars Francais armor website. And then I think he was interested in Prime Portal too. So I suspect he's he's building some armor models. And I hope he hope he found what he was looking for. Well good. Uh speaking of listeners and the fact that we're now live, I want to take the a moment to ask everybody on whatever app you listen to us on whether it's iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, whatever. If you take a moment, rate us five stars, because that will push the podcast out to more people. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Hope you uh, think it's worthy of five stars. So if you would do that as a favor to uh, us. Wow, and yeah. help, Please do. Help, help, get us, help get us out there. I got, I got one more. Actually, I've got two more. One I'm going to oh, save okay. for the end. Um I got this one's also from Facebook from a, a Dana Mitchie out of I, I think Washington State somewhere. Didn't have a whole lot of luck stalking him on Facebook, but I think that's <laughs> I think that's where he's at. He can, he can send us another message and maybe clear that up. But he was putting out interest for essentially what you're talking about last time. I think uh, the Blitz build, mm-hmm. and he is part of a group that uh, does a build in conjunction with a road race, the 24 Hours of Daytona. It's a IMSA. It's it's yeah. not Formula One. It's not NASCAR. Kind of rally car. I'm not real yeah. sure. I'm not a. It's SCC. A, it's port, uh, It's purpose. It's an built. IMSA race. Right. Yes. But anyway, the build is the 24th to the 25th of January, and the Facebook page we'll put it out in the show notes. It's just a 14th annual 24-hour model build. So they've been doing this a while. That's a cool idea. You could sit there because they broadcast, if you have the right uh, cable channel, they broadcast all 24 hours of the race. So you could sit there and watch the race while blitz building a kit. That's that's a cool idea. I like that. So we'll get that up to further that along. And thank, thank you, Dana, for bringing that to our attention. So for now, that's the uh, the listener mail I got. Well, uh, since you and Send I us ha- more. yes, absolutely. Since you and I have both finished a model recently, uh, that means our benches are occupied with 
not necessarily new things, but other things than what we've been building. So uh, what's on your bench? Well, since I finished up the PT-76, I've pulled the uh, ZIS-2 anti-tank gun back out of dust storage. <laughs> Got to keep it clean. <laughs> the shelf of um, doom. The shelf of doom. Well, no, I, it was in one of my display cases because I don't like coming back to one that's got dust all over it and not realizing <laughs> it until I've laid some paint on it or something, which was what I did. I actually uh, I created a, another shade of green to overspray a little bit to kind of desaturate the color. And I've I satin coated it yesterday to start so I can start the weathering process and hopefully put to test again or put into practice all the, the new tricks and products I, I used on the PT. Same color, so essentially green. <laughs> so what sat, what satin coat did you use? I used Tamiya's acrylic satin coat. Oh, okay. Clear satin with uh, about 50% product and 50% of Tamiya lacquer thinner. Uh, about 15 to 18 PSI, I guess. Came out good. I like good. that. Good. Good stuff. In addition to that... I'm still plunking away at this little uh, Airfix Morris tractor and Bofors anti-aircraft gun in 76 scale. And if anybody out there likes these old vintage kits, if I was going to do this over, I would have actually gone out and actually bought, instead of the more recent one out of India, I would have bought an older one. Because it's it's still it's still pretty good as far as Airfix goes from that kind of time period. But the molds have, are showing their age. And there's some spots here. You can tell where some tooling is broken. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're still using it. And there's some cleanup you got to do to fix some of those things. But it's not too bad. But I, I would have I would probably saved myself a little time if I would have gotten an older, an older molding of this kit. Yeah. But too late now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and a nostalgia build. I, yeah, it's a nostalgia build. And I'll try some more paint experimentation on it yeah and about got the tractor done but the tractor's just about ready for it's got a little filling yet to do in one little spot that didn't come out quite as finished as i thought it was so i gotta go back and hit that again but it'll be ready for primer real soon i need to get the anti-aircraft gun together that's still in parts in the box <laughs> in addition to those two uh i just i've started working on the base for the PT. I, I'm going to go ahead and base that one as soon as I can get it done. I, I stained the, <laughs> I stained the base. I might've done that last weekend. Yeah, I did that last weekend and I used a spray polyurethane on it. I did it out in the garage, took the cars out of the garage, sprayed it. And then I shut the garage door. But the issue was it was, it never really got above, I don't know, 45. Yeah. So I go out there, gosh, seven, eight hours later and it's still sticky because it hasn't, the, the, the solvent yeah. in, the, in the poly hadn't kicked over yet. So it, <laughs> I had to bring it in the house and put it in one of the back rooms where it gets nice and toasty when the, when the heat's running and uh, it's good to go now. So yeah, it all worked out in the end. So I, I've got to, got to decide how to, what I'm going to use for the groundwork, whether I'm just going to go straight onto the wood or if I'm going to build it up a little bit with some styrofoam or something first, but it's, it's moving along. What about you? What are you doing? Well, uh, I finished the Oka. So, uh, it's moved off onto the display case, and I brought the AS-1 uh, Soviet air-launched missile back to front and center. Uh, that had kind of been stalled because it was going so well. It was one of those things <laughs> that, and and 
I, I don't know what this is, but I have this habit. When a model is going really well, things are, are progressing along nicely, and you hit it with, uh, you know, primer or maybe even the first coat of paint, and it looks good. You know, there's a couple of things you need to go clean up, but it looks good. There's almost, almost a fear kicks in, and you kind of don't want to touch it because you don't want to mess it up. So that's a that's a habit I've got, and I need to overcome it. So, uh, but the AS one's back front and center, and it's uh, moving along. And given how far along it is, it it could be finished in the next twenty thirty days. Um, uh oh, I better step it, it up then. Yeah, you better. Uh, we were both on pace for fifty two. I don't think we are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh, in addition, I have what I'm titling the mystery build or the secret build. I've got something I'm doing out of my scale, out of my subject area. I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's, it's different. I'm trying some things, totally new things. I'm learning new stuff. Uh, I am a big believer that even if you have a favorite scale or a favorite subject air, matter area, it's good to stretch yourself, to try different things, not only to learn new techniques in whatever you're doing, but some of those techniques you can bring back into what subject you, you know, the subjects you actually do build and concentrate on. So uh, what I'm going to do is on, on Twitter and on face, our Facebook page, I'm going to post hints of what this project is and then eventually next episode or two we'll i'll finally discuss what it is when it's a little further along so um but i'm having a a great time doing it i i I really it's it's having the desired effect to to keep the juices flowing and to learn new stuff and to learn new stuff my little Morris tractor and gun are out of my normal scale, but I, I really probably need to need to find something. Uh, well, I've got those seventy second scale aircraft. I probably have to break there one of those go. out. There you go. <laughs> that'll, and that'll I've, I've done some painting paint experimentation too. I, I forgot to mention that. I, I finally had success with uh, Mission Models paint. Good. And Mister Miller out on the West coast was a big help. And I, I sent him a nice email thanking him and we'll probably get into that in a different episode because I know a lot of people are, are trying this stuff and may or may not be having the results they want, but now I'm a believer that you can get the results you want. Well, I was a little, a little skeptical at first, but he, he steered me into the light and yeah. So I'm probably going to, pick up a few more colors and actually use it on something that uh i'd like to finish well brian 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 carries brian carries the whole range all right well may send you a shopping list okay all right um oh (laughs) speaking of speaking of tests i've been running a test uh and i've put a couple of things on the facebook page uh that molotov masking pen that i mentioned in a couple episodes back Uh, I'm running some tests over some different paints and applying the masker over those paints and then peeling it back off to see if it's having any effect on, uh, on any of the different paint surfaces. So 
uh, I'll continue that experiment and continue to post the results on the, on the Facebook page. So what are you trying to do? Well, I just want to see if uh, a lot of masking agents tend to affect uh, underlying paint, lift it. Oh yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned that last Right. Did lift it or discolor it or that. Yeah. Leave a greasy mark. Right. One of the things I discovered about the Molotov, uh, as opposed to a lot of other masking agents, is that it didn't fog future if it was put over a future finish. Well, that got me curious. So I decided to put down some mission models, paint some uh, uh, WEM color coats enamel, and then AK uh, acrylics thinned with uh, Mr. Color leveling thinner and then put the masking agent over all of those paint finishes when they were dry and then pull it back off um, over time to see if exposure or prolonged exposure affects the paint. So I'll update everybody on the Facebook page as that goes along. Well, that'll be interesting. I always like seeing stuff like that because some of those things you, you don't want to learn the other way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm a big believer in, in testing. I, you know, I, sometimes I used to just run with it and <laughs> sometimes that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've all, we've all had goofs like that. Yes. Which is our special segment. We'll get to later, but uh, we're deviating a little bit tonight from the, the, the other format just because our, uh, our hosting right now allows for three hours a month essentially and the first two episodes were or three episodes well two two in the last month were a little over an hour we're trying to keep it to an hour so we're gonna gonna drop the what broke your wallet segment this session and it's not really been long enough yet i don't think anyway mm-hmm. so we'll get back to that but we will hit on our favorite and our biggest yawner announcement of uh since uh, our last episode, there's certainly been some things come out. I know for me, but uh, you got a favorite since we spoke last on this topic. As a matter of fact, I do. Uh, Airfix announced their 2020 line, uh, and they announced a 70-second scale Beaufort. Um, the Beaufort was a, uh, a level bomber, two-engine level bomber, and torpedo bomber uh, attack aircraft. Uh, used a lot in the in the Middle East theater, used a lot by the Australians. Uh, so they should be very happy with that announcement. We needed a replacement. The, the Beaufort kits that existed were all older kits or short-run kits or resin kits. And given what Airfix is currently cranking out, this should be, uh, I have no doubt this is going to be a... a a wonderful addition to the 72nd scale World War II aircraft uh, of the Brits and the Commonwealth. So that's my fave for the month. How about you? Uh, my favorite comes from ICM's 2020 catalog. They're doing a, a French tank, which that website's going to come in handy for this one. I actually have a book about this one too. It's the uh, F- FCM 36. Oh yeah. Which is... It's a it's it's a little unique compared to the French tanks prior to that in that it's a welded vehicle. 
as, as opposed to a cast turret and cast hull sections. It's all welded up. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make many of these. The, the, they only built the first production order. And these vehicles were actually used in one of the more significant armor engagements of the 1940 battle. The units that were equipped with this vehicle were the ones who met Guderian when his Guderian's army group crossed the Meuse River. So there was a fairly protracted engagement with these vehicles and Panzer III and Panzer IV, I suspect. And the issue was that neither neither gun for either opposing force at safe ranges could penetrate the other one. So essentially they were slugging it out to the where they got really, really close. You know, they're almost, you know, within tens of yards of each other now, but, but anyway, it's a really, really unique looking vehicle because it's, it's not, it's not cast, but there's, you know, on that website in the book I've got, there's plenty of information on it to, to make a nice model. I got a lot of color profiles and it's another French tank in plastic. So always good to see that. Somebody found something besides a, panther or tiger <laughs> amen well, well what uh what's what's making you drowsy out there on the other end um you know i have praised previously mini art for doing all of these um accessory sets for dioramas you know the paris cafe the uh you know uh, machine shop tools uh you know everything they're doing a lot of great stuff that a lot of modelers yeah. can use to really do interesting dioramas well they announced for their latest kit pigeons <laughs> a box <laughs> yeah i saw that <laughs> of 35th scale pigeons now as you said to me uh previously you know i make fun of this and some guy somewhere is going to make the greatest pigeon diorama on the planet. And that's probably true. But I got to think for most most modelers out there, the mini art pigeons is a yawner. Yeah, maybe. You're, I can see that. It's, you know, in that diorama, somebody does this absolutely brilliant. It's going to be like a scene from Mary Poppins. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or the birds, Alfred Hitchcock movie. So what, what <laughs> announcement puts you to sleep? Mine is more of a, it was an announcement that triggered it, but it's not any particular specific product. AK Interactive has just released another line of paint. So everybody, golly, I mean, there are so many different brands. And then within a brand, there are multiple lines and I'm, my head's spinning. Yeah. I mean, you, I you can't invest in all of them. And, you know, usually you get it, you get in a system you like and you kind of stay within the bounds of that. Right. But yeah. now there's so many out there and you see a great model and they use this, this brand and like, Ooh, you know, maybe if I use that, mine yeah. will look like that. Probably, probably not. Cause there's a big skill factor involved no matter <laughs> what you're using, but still I, it may be great stuff and I'm not disparaging AK's new yet untried line of acrylic paints. Right. And there's this squeeze bottle, you know, it's like the, they already had one, a Vallejo looking kind of line, you know? Right. But this is, this is going to replace that, I assume. Can't imagine they have two acrylic paint lines. But the, the hype's out there. I mean, they're really, really putting their, their name out there with this one. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll see. 
there is something going on inside the paint industry that must have lowered the entry cost to releasing a paint line because it is just the last couple of years have exploded with the number no doubt number of paint lines and there's some something has happened economically or technologically to bring this about i just don't know what it is i'd love if there are anybody if there's anybody out there listening who is deep in the weeds in the paint industry and you know what the change is that has made it so much cheaper and lowered the barrier for entry into making your own paint line hit us up let us know because i'd love to hear about it but something's going and that's, on that's that's a good point i i my original thought was that it was it was the opposite is actually there were new barriers that were making these things pop up in local geographies so they wouldn't have to ship it either no, by air possible. or whatever right but now that's not an issue but you look at where you can buy all this stuff and it doesn't yeah it doesn't really make sense so yeah i don't think that's it it could be i don't I, know I don't know. It's something. And, and so, some <laughs> listener out there who knows what it is, please tell us and let us know. Oh, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. And I think my, my aunt's going to come out with a paint line next month. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure both of my kids are. It's out of China. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's my yawn. Okay. Paint in general. I'm right. just, uh, it's uh, just kind of getting saturated there. Yep. There's only so many of us out there buying and building, so I can't I can't see them all hanging around. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope they're all just killing it and making all kinds of money. Amen. But there's gonna be winners and losers at some point. There's just so many of them out there. Yep. And I guess I guess we'll see. Well, we can get on to our special segment tonight, which should be a f- fun one and make uh, stir up memories for everybody listening. This one's titled "Goofs, Gaffs, and Blunders." And Dave and I have scribbled some lists down from some of our most memorable uh, modeling fails, and I'm sure this is just going to be <laughs> it's going to be fun. So, yeah. Dave, what is your I, I most want, memorable? I want, or maybe you're going in reverse order. I don't care. I, I am going to go from from least awful to most awful. Uh, I want to emphasize that modeling fluid was not involved in any way in any of the stories I'm about to tell. This is just rank stupidity of my own. No, no uh, undue alcoholic <laughs> influence was, was uh, involved. Mike, you're an engineer. Do you know what an exothermic reaction is? Yes, I do, Dave. Okay. Well, I'll um, take chemistry for 400. Yes. Well, I learned about an exothermic <laughs> reaction. I was one day at the modeling bench, I was gluing two pieces of plastic together using super glue. Um, it wasn't being particularly neat about it and had gotten some super glue on my thumb. And then I was holding the parts with the between the thumb and the forefinger and I grabbed some zip kicker, some accelerator, because I wanted to, to the parts to bond instantly so that I could go on. Well, I sprayed it, and in doing so, I hit the super glue on my thumb with the accelerator. 
which results in the release of a an amazing amount of heat. Uh, I was uh, I was stunned. howling. Yes, I was howling. It it it's it's like basically somebody taking a hot poker and running it into your in on your skin. It raised a blister. It was that much heat. Uh, I was shocked. I had no clue beforehand that that when you zip kick super glue that it releases that much heat, but it does. And wow. Uh, so yeah, be a little neater with super glue. Well, I can, I'll tag on to this one a little bit. This is not one of my three, but this is back in my apartment days, the single guy. Uh, I had a, a super glue that had started to, to kick over is getting too thick to use. And I was going to go buy some new and I was like, I don't know why I did it, but I took about a half a pipette's worth of uh, accelerant accelerator and dropped it down in the bottle. <laughs> did it yeah. burst into uh, flames? It looked like, no, it didn't burst into flames, but it shot a cloud of noxious fumes out of the top of it. It looked like one of those uh, onion volcanoes at the Japanese hibachi place. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I knocked it off into the sink. I, I didn't know where to run for my life or what, but it was it was pretty impressive. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing, just like that. I just gassed myself. Yeah, yeah, that's super so, good. It's amazing. Who would have thought? I mean, you know, you you don't you don't think about stuff like that, but yeah, it releases a crap load of heat. So, what was your? And it got hot. Oh yeah, my. A lot. Yeah, I got one here. Let's see. I'll go in reverse. Well, I don't know. These are all equal on, on some level of dumb luck, stupidity, rank stupidity, like you said. <laughs> what was the model? It was, uh, it was a resin kit. It's my, I don't, I don't know if you remember, I've got a Sturmgeschutz Aus C, CD, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the one of the short barrel ones. And it was, you know, this is pre-Dragon. This was a sovereign resin kit that, I probably paid it a pretty penny for because that's back when you had to send your credit card number off to Hannett's and get it everything by mail, right? It's way pre-internet. Yeah. Anyway, I'd sprayed this thing. Or I was spraying it with uh, Tamiya, dark gray, German gray, whatever that color is. And I I was spraying, it's before I knew much about, you know, the nuances of using an airbrush. And I had the pressure probably way too high and I was too far away from the model. <laughs> so I'm spraying this thing and it's all going down. And when I get the first coat on, I look at it and it's like, looks like the flocking in a cheap, cheap jewelry box. <laughs> it's, it's like f- furry almost. Cause all this overspray had dried before it got to the model and it just, uh, God looked like hell. Uh, but this is when I learned how you can fix this. It was pretty bad. I managed to salvage it. Um, if you'll stop spraying paint and throw straight to me a lacquer thinner or any lacquer thinner for that matter into your airbrush and just start spraying it, mm-hmm. you can get it to level out. Yeah. It'll take now it's in the nooks and crannies way up in the tight areas. You can still kind of see it, but all the other places out in the open and on the large flat areas, it's, it went away. Yeah. Mr. Cullen then, leveling thinner is great for that. Oh, for after you've, yeah, for you for shot that bad particular paint. use, if you yeah, if you shoot bad, uh, you so go a back tip. over it. Yep. 
which there's another tip had that not worked and folks out there using Tamiya are probably, well, I know I work with AK's real color line cause I've tried it and it will work with mission models. It'll, and it'll remove also Steinal res primer mission models, primer. Um, but 91% isopropyl alcohol, yeah. not the 70 something you normally buy, but next to it on the shelf, there's a 91%. Yeah. For, for acrylic paints, that stuff is kryptonite yeah. for acrylic paints. Yeah. It will flat, take it all off. And it, it, the beauty of it is it won't affect a lot of your filling materials. Yeah. So um, it's a real safe way to strip models that are painted with that stuff. And you can use that same 91% alcohol to, if you've put down Mr. Surfacer as a filler, not sprayed it from the can, but if you put it down from the jar on a seam, you can, after it dries, take a Q-tip dipped in 91% alcohol, wipe it across that filler, and it will take all the excess away and smooth it down so that you just have to, to hit it with the finest of sandpapers and go on. Well, now I've got to try that. It, it works beautiful. I've not tried that. Oh, it's, it's, that's a, that's a, that's, that, that works really good, really well and, Wing roots and stuff like that, where because this little Morris tractor's got a seam on it. This little Morris tractor's got a seam on it that I was like, man, I wish I could just use Mister Surfacer, but I don't know how the heck I'm going to get in there and sand it out. Just a no, Q-tip, no. yep. And in fact, right. you can use those pointy Q-tips. You know, the Tamiya style pointy Q-tips, which now you can get in any beauty supply store, so that you can get in very <laughs> fine areas to to yeah the jig out. is up yeah <laughs> yeah well they're, they're making plenty of money so that's right um well my next one is god i cannot believe i was this stupid back when i was younger i used to model on a drafting table and you know what a drafting table is it's on two legs it's a flat piece of of in this case wood and it tilts up and down because as a drafter, you know, you need to tilt the table as you're doing your, your drawings. Well, of course, I would, I set it all the way up so it was 90 degrees flat. And that was my work surface for modeling. Well, as I was modeling and all, you know how you lean on the table? I would lean, <laughs> I would lean on the table while I was modeling and it would cause the table to imperceptibly tilt toward me. Okay, not big, not everything sliding off, but just tilt a little, you know, one or two degrees, just enough. So just enough that one of those days when you put down a non-safety exacto on the table and put it parallel to the table rather than perpendicular, it rolls downhill off the end of the uh, table and falls down. And the natural reaction, amazingly enough to that, and I know too many people who've done this, is to clamp your legs together to try and catch it. That's not a smart thing to do. Uh, I ended up, of course, with an exacto embedded into my thigh. Uh, and, of course, then did the worst thing possible, pulled it out very quickly. So uh, it bled like a stuck pig. 
the only good thing in the whole experience besides, besides learning I needed to change out the drafting table, which I did, was uh, I had some super glue nearby, no zip kicker, but super glue, and put it on the cut and sealed it up. So uh, stop the bleeding. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what it is about exactos rolling off of tables that causes modelers to try and catch them. It's not the right well, thing. Well, usually it's usually a part you're trying to catch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a habit. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's one that I, I know a whole bunch of modelers with some variation of that story. Yeah, your your first two are injuries. Yeah, the third one's not. No, the third you one. You got all your fingers. I've seen your hands. Yeah, third third one's not an injury, but it is massive okay. stupidity. Well, What's your well my next one. Uh, I'm trying to think which model this was. It was after the Sturmgeschütz C. I, I don't I don't remember. It may have been that one. I, I made a double down on that one. <laughs> A cursed build. something because it, it was gray, and I, I'm trying to think if I've got a model that I I don't have anymore. Anyway, I was going to try Humbrol matte finish. Oh no! I don't even know if they make it anymore. Maybe they do. Uh, Out of the enamel line. Yeah, I painted the model. I get. I guess I flatted it before I started the weathering because I put a wash over it. Uh, white spirits based wash <sighs> had it been any other kind of clear coat yeah nothing would have happened so it reactivated this humbral matte finish unknown to me i was putting the wash on it's looking great and then i went off and did something <laughs> while it was drying and, and i come back and this thing <laughs> kind of looked like it snowed on it <laughs> exactly what it, it looked like <laughs> Uh, all, all the all the mat all the flattening agent had pooled and made these tide marks f- from the wash I'd put on it. So th- this oh, I was like, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, I, I gosh, I can't remember what model it was. <laughs> oh, God. That crap went in the in the garbage can <laughs> right after that. I was like, okay, that's not going to work the way I need to use it. So. Not, not gonna make that mistake again. <laughs> not gonna make that mistake again. And you know, as I've gone on and modeled over the years, you know, it, it comes up again from somebody else talking about some bad luck they had with that product. Oh. And I wonder if it's kind of the same kind of thing. I, now I know another another issue is, is spraying it in, in high humidity. Yeah, it's a lot more sensitive than like Tester's dull coat. Yeah, which that stuff will frost too if the humidity is too high. Yeah. But that the Humbrol. You it didn't have it to be wrong. that humid yeah. if you're spraying. But that, that was also back when I was, you know, doing some spraying outdoors before I had a spray booth. But came back to, you know, my jaw dropped because I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Winter finish. <laughs> Winter finish. Yeah, that's what, not, not the angle I was taking. But uh, no, I ended up repainting it. I just just repainted it. Yeah. There wasn't much other, any other way to recover from that one. Yeah. Not too bad. So, yeah, you got to be careful with your. Lesson there is test your compatibility like you're doing with your paint marker or your your masking media yeah. marker, marking pen. You don't want to get nine yards down the field and all of a sudden something yeah. like that happens. Now, what about you? You got anything else? Yeah, and I swear to you, okay, don't judge me. This is 
just there's no explanation for this. This is just rank stupidity. Only thing I only thing I can say in my defense is it was probably really, really late at night because I do a lot of modeling late at night. I was airbrushing. I was airbrushing something silver, silver paint, uh, back before Alclad and all that, and I was spraying something silver, silver paint. Okay, I was done with the painting session, and I still had a little bit of paint in the airbrush. And I'm like, oh, well, I can go ahead and put this back in the bottle to, to you know, save it and you know, instead of wasting it, I'll just go put it back in the in the the silver paint bottle that it came from. And I swear there was n- no alcohol involved in this. I grabbed the silver the the paint bottle with the silver paint that it had come from. I stuck the nose of the airbrush into the bottle, thinking that. A good way to return the excess paint would be to spray it back into the bottle. I pulled the trigger and I ended up covered in silver paint. I mean, like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. Everywhere. And I don't know what I was thinking. I really don't because I I don't know why I thought that would work. But it, that's what I did. I ended it up, didn't. I, 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 would, I threw the clothes away because there was no way the silver paint was coming out of the clothes. It didn't ruin the model, thank God. But clean. I was cleaning silver paint off my skin. Off, and this was enamel, so it was just everywhere and hard to get off. So... Yeah, you had to get it cleaned off. Everybody thought you were huffing. Huffing, right. Huffing paint. So... <laughs> I, I wish I had a better explanation for it, but that's what I did, and God, it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your dumb one? What was your number one? Number one of of memory. I've, I've probably done something like your paint there too. Yeah. I've had some badger paint stir fun before. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, pull it out before you shut it off. Yeah, yeah, a little, little different, but same kind of same effect. Yeah, <laughs> I it was uh, you know my uh, my Puma. My I was SCKFC hoping you were going to tell two, the story. Two thirty four. <laughs> now this was a while back. This is before Dragon ever released there, so it's the old Itulary kit, yeah. and I had a I had a testers boxing which had micro scale decals, which is always kind of a bonus in my opinion. Yeah. And I painted this thing and I was ready to decal it. So I'm putting the turret numbers on and I was doing, uh, I want to say it's a 16th Panzer division. It's the 1111. Yeah. The one the Brits captured in Normandy. Yeah. And I had made all the vehicle modifications to match it. And cause they had done some, some of their own stuff to their vehicles. Anyway, I'm, I'm putting the, the decal on for the turret number it's red and white red with white outline typical kind of german vehicle number and i'm putting the decal solution on there and i'm watching it and watching it and it's it's really going down great it's really looking good man i just need a little bit more a little more setting solution and this is gonna 
be it's gonna look like it's painted on so i dip my brush and i put it on there and i'm moving the brush around and all of a sudden it just goes pink the red and white just smear together and at that point right when my eyes got huge from seeing that happen i caught a whiff of what i was actually putting on it and it wasn't wasn't micro set it was tester's liquid cement so <laughs> i'd left the two jars open and i dipped the wrong one and just cut right through the decal and went through the paint and i had to strip it and start over was, golly i was like damn it <laughs> As listeners may be able to tell, I've heard that story before. Um, the idea, and I've got laughed at it for it before. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> one of the ideas for this particular episode came from uh, Nationals, and it might have been Atlanta. Uh, I forget which one. Uh, but some Nationals where uh, we were all sitting in a hotel room, and we started telling these stories. Uh, going around the room telling these, you know, modeling uh, failure stories. And Mike told that one and literally had everybody on the floor with that story. Um, so, yeah, that I was hoping you were going to go with that one because that's one of my favorites. Well, after that, I had to get, luckily it wasn't pre-internet when that happened. Maybe it was. I, I it, My what I was getting at is that I had to go source another set of decals for that kit. And I, and I wanted to find the micro scale ones because they just, especially when you don't use liquid cement, they really go on. They really go on. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> and they're easy with, to hide with liquid cement. They snuggle down really nice. Oh. Yeah, they, they better be solid. They, they better be single color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it'd pretty much destroy it no matter what it was. Oh. But yeah. Don't, don't use liquid cement on your decals. Yeah. Oh. Though, you know, I, I want to say I've heard of somebody actually doing that in a, in a pinch in some really difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, Very locally applied. Not, not just, you know, not a wash with the stuff like you would with a normal decal setting solution. So yeah, yeah you need to need to not do that. That, that was bad. And <laughs> You know, if anybody else out there has got, got some crazies, um, you know, there's a magazine I used to read is a, a handy do it yourself kind of magazine. And they always had a comic in the back. People would send in their dumb home improvement mistakes. And it was fun to hear everybody else's stuff. Yeah. If you've got so, one, send it in. Yeah. Send it in either through the Facebook page or email. Don't yeah. really care as long as we get it and let us know what little bit of, uh, modeling wisdom you gained the hard way and and also let <laughs> us know whether or not you want us to share it because if it's a good one we may well we may well read it out yes that'd be fun yeah <laughs> so uh mike uh i guess we're to the point where uh time to give a little praise to to somebody out there some company some individual um and frankly, for this month, uh, my shout out, uh, believe it or not, is to my co-host, Mike. Um, I really, I've wanted to do a podcast. I've thought that uh, another modeling podcast, there was room in the space for it. Um, I'd even talked about it with a, a couple of people. 
Um, but Mike did all the grunt work of figuring all of this out, putting it all together, um, doing all the legwork and, uh, the podcast wouldn't exist without him. It would still be an idea. You know, I'm sure that I'd, I'd, I'd have been thinking, well, man, I ought to look into that. So my shout out of the month is <laughs> to my, my co-host, Mike. Well, I appreciate that, but man, Dave, I told you, I can't loan you the money. Right? <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. It's it's been good to find a a co-host, and uh, it wasn't too hard really because you were thinking about it, and I was thinking about it, and just kind of we decided to go for it. Yep. So here we are, going for it. Yeah. So who's your shout out? Well, I feel like it should be you, but yeah, that's not no, what it was no. going to be. I mean, I'll save you. I'll save you for later. Um, it, it's more it's more listener mail. I want to give a shout out to Preston Culp. Uh, Preston Culp is in Wichita, Kansas. And he was our first, our first email submission, our first listener mail. And he's a Cold War and World War II aircraft modeler in Wichita, Kansas area. That's where he's from. Not exactly in town there. But uh, thanks, Preston. He said he didn't belong to a club. And I think IPMS Chisholm Trail is out there Yeah. in Wichita, Kansas. I looked that. He was thinking about checking out a club. I encourage you to do so. Absolutely. See if you like it. You might. It's good for the mojo. Yep, it is. I wouldn't have met Mike if it weren't for a club. That's right. And uh, I wouldn't have a reason to get back into modeling. <laughs> well, that's a good shout out. Yeah. So keep the listener mail coming and uh, let us know if you mind. If, if you mind, if you don't tell us, we, we may just read it. So if you don't want it, that's probably the best thing. Just tell us to keep our mouth shut or keep it on the down low. <laughs> but we appreciate it, and uh, it's fun watching this thing get mo- uh, get moving. We're kind of watching the stats and s- see where this thing goes. I agree, and don't forget to yeah. rate us. Yes, don't forget to rate us. Let us know some topics. We can think up of a bunch, but uh, I'm sure there's some things out there folks haven't heard from. Um, I've gotten a few, and uh, we'll have to s- discuss those later, Dave. But Sounds we good. will uh, we'll have to wrap this up so we stay under our limit. And okay. get another one out, and uh, we'll get back into February here pretty soon and kick out some more content. Sounds great. Thanks again. Stay, stay warm, man. I will. Just so many kits, Dave. So little time, Mike. You take care. All right. Good night. Good night.